0: Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey everybody, welcome to the B2B Content Show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa, a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of content in just 60 minutes. So it's a common refrain that there's just too much goddamn content out there in the world. And that most of it is lame or boring or derivative, you know, take, take your pick. And I think there's also a consensus that we need better content. You know, it's, it's high time that we figure out what better content is. And maybe that means pumping the brakes a little bit and spending more time on content or, you know, I, I don't even know. No one seems to really have the answer. All I know is the content that's out there now, a lot of it's bad. We want it to be better what does that actually mean? So that's what we're talking about today. And I have a great guest, Adam Robinson, a really good friend of mine and someone who has helped me in just immeasurable ways with marketing. He's the founder of Strategex, which is a marketing strategy and execution company. And more recently, very recently of Markex, which is kind of a companion company that's founded, that, that that's all about fulfilling that strategy, creating the content, actually making marketing happen. So Adam, welcome back to the podcast. This is your second appearance, I believe.
1: That's right, Jeremy. Thank you for having me back. So I guess I didn't screw up so bad in the first time that it got an invite back to do it again, so that's great. Well, well, no, you did. You screwed
0: up pretty bad, but this is like your redemption tour.
1: Hey, there we go. Everybody yeah. needs a little bit of redemption, right? Yeah, that's right. I, th- I think though,
0: you are now a member of an elite club. I think I've had maybe two or three people back on, like back oh, wow. on, like on twice. So it's like you know, like there's an SNL thing. If you host enough times, they give you like a special jacket or something. I should have that.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll be looking in the mail next couple of weeks. Right. Right. Special multi-time conversa podcast gift.
0: Yeah. This, this podcast is pretty much about as well-known as as SNL, (laughs) I would say just a little bit less. So anyway, so you heard my, my little preamble there, right. And it's a question. it's, It's something that keeps coming back to me, you know, like we all, and by by we all, I'm talking about us, you know, people who are professional marketers like yourself, and then people like me who are business owners who do marketing. I spend a lot of my time creating content and putting it out there on the premise of content marketing that there's, you got to do that, right? There's value in it. And yet at the same time, constantly hearing that all this content sucks and there's no ROI, right? It can be a little unsettling. And so Personally, I've tried to spend a lot of time thinking about what exactly do I want my content to do? You know, and one one thing I keep coming back to is I want it to differentiate me, Mm -hmm. you know, without it being all about me, but I want it to, to put my value out there in a way that's not just going to blend in, you know? And and I, I think that's the problem with a lot of content that you see at a glance, you're just like, I've seen this a million times. You know, it just, it's not worth your attention. So that's kind of what we're talking about today, you know, content that is in some way unique. So as someone who just launched essentially kind of a a new business, that's all about content that's got to be on your mind too, right? So that's our topic for today. And let's just start right there, you know? I don't, it's hard to know even exactly where to begin, but for that kind of content that I'm talking about, that's going to actually do something and help you stand out. What are your thoughts on this? Like, what does that even look like?
1: Yeah. So from my perspective, there are very few topics out there, especially in the business or marketing world that have not already been written about. Ad nauseum, right? And there's just not that much newness that can go out there and be said about many of these topics. However, what can be done differently is that my perspective, my life experience in wrapping it around a particular topic. Maybe there's an event that happened to me, something that happened to me recently with a family situation or something like that, that I can bring context. Or insight into a particular subject matter that makes it resonate with my target audience more so. So one of the things in speaking about content that comes to mind is the Entrepreneur Operating System book called Traction. I love the book. I love the EOS model and everything about it. But if you go and read through that book, there's not a lot of new business concepts in that book and what they've done. They've cobbled together a lot of classic and well-known business concepts. They've borrowed some other books that they've read. And of course, they're citing all this, but they took all that information and things that they had learned based on their experience and created this new system and structure that countless businesses across the United States and the world leverage to run their businesses more effectively. So I think that that is a clue there. There are very few things that anybody could write about today that has not already been written about. The key is to make it uniquely yours from your perspectives and from your experience. And the other factor that I think is really critical with this is knowing who your target audience is. In my experience, when you write an article, you really need to be writing an article, a blog post, a social media piece, For an audience of one, Mm -hmm. you need to zero that content down as much as possible to where you are writing on a very personal level to whoever that ideal customer profile is and make it meaningful to them. Like you are literally pinning that letter or that piece of content directly to them. So those are a couple of things that I think will really help. I think one of the things that's also challenging for us today is AI. And I think the first Mm. time I was on this show, we talked about AI a little bit. And AI can certainly help write and come up conceptually with content. But I think content that's really going to win in the marketplace is something that's going to have a lot of human touch and appeal. But again, is going to resonate by bringing out a person's core values, their essence, their authenticity, and framing up that content to make it unique to them.
0: Okay a lot of, a lot of great stuff there. Let's, we're going to need to unpack some of that. So let's, I want to break it down a little bit, kind of one by one. So you mentioned that book you mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. Again, it's not that, so your point is that it's not that the ideas in the book are completely novel or that it's blowing your mind with things you've never, ever heard before. Right. It's, Then what is it exactly? Is it more like in how those ideas are presented in the packaging of them or like how they're related to each other? What exactly is it that when you're reading it, you're like, oh, yeah, cool. Like it's not boring. What is what is it that makes it not boring, given that the concepts are not particularly original? Well,
1: so first of all, the thing that makes it not boring is it's something I'm interested in. I promise you there's plenty of things that I would read that would bore the hell out of me just because I'm not interested in it. So that's the one thing I'm very interested in it, but also the way that they put it together, right? The thought by which they said, here are these different concepts and we're going to arrange and organize them in such a way that it makes sense to run your business off of. And then based on the way they've organized it and put the framework together, they've also built in some of their own tools, their worksheets. They've even got some new verbiage that they've created to go along with certain concepts to make it somewhat their own that really just ties it all together. So basically in the context of traction, the, author, the authors of this book went through and took a lot of concepts that were already out there and put them together in a unique way that made it the entrepreneur operating system.
0: Okay. That's, I think that's a really good insight. And at, at one point you said, like what I'm taking away from what you just said is that a book like that, what you're really getting from it, like a really well-written book, you get insight into the author, like the author's way of thinking, their thought Mm -hmm. process, Mm -hmm. right? Sort of their, their unique style of reasoning we could say. And I think that's really important. And mm-hmm. and and that would and that you could apply that to not just this one book but any really any piece of content, right? It's that the core concept that you're communicating is is chances are not new, right? You're not the Correct. first one to talk about it, but it's your your way of thinking about it. Your way of cobbling together other ideas and putting the, in, them together the effect can seem new because your thought processes are unique to you. I mean, that is literally true, right? There's every human being has their own unique brain, Mm -hmm. which is like made of the same substance, but the (laughs) way it works on the the minutest level or just my thought processes processes may be similar to yours, but they're not the same. They are unique to me. It's almost like a fingerprint.
1: Yes. And also the development of that fingerprint and what makes it so unique is the life experience that we've lived through, right? Your childhood was different than mine. What you've seen is different than me. The way that you experience the world is different than mine. And I think that we have to understand that. And those are things that, need to be interwoven into the way that we go out there and communicate and create the content, especially from a personal creator space, right? So it gets a little bit different from an organizational standpoint, but still that organization has a culture. It's got a DNA and the stuff that's produced on behalf of that organization needs to also have those unique fingerprints upon it. So people know that it is uniquely there. And let's I think timing also is important to this, right? And that I could read a piece of content and based on what I'm struggling with or not struggling with or what I'm looking for at that time, it may not resonate with me. I may read that same piece of content three months later and it's like, oh my gosh, that is exactly what I needed. So I think that that's one of the things too that people that are producing content have to understand that if I write a blog post and it goes out this week, And maybe it falls on deaf ears or maybe it did not have the intended effect. Well, was it because the piece of content was bad? Were there other things in the news media that were distracting people? Was just the overall timing wrong? Or was it the piece itself? So I think that's an important thing, too, that we have Mm. to understand that in many cases, there's nothing wrong with repeating content. There's nothing wrong with repackaging content. So if you write a blog post, as you very well know, Jeremy, and it's associated with a video or something like that, then that piece of content can be repurposed in multiple different ways across different mediums and used over and over and over again. And sometimes that repetition is what's going to be critical, especially when it comes to things like blog posts, social media posts, and things like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Right. And so like, I think one pretty good basic bit of advice is, you know, you don't necessarily need to keep creating more content. You might want to go back to content and improve it, enhance it, update it, and so on, which is fair enough. But I I want to go back to something you said a second ago, because I think this is really important, that for an organization that's of a size, let's say, to be able to have a a marketing department or at least a marketing person, you know, a department of one, I think you're, you're really right that there's, if you dig deep enough, right? There's a reason this company exists. There's a reason that at some point, however many years ago, a person or a small group of people were like, we have an idea. We're going to start a company around Mm -hmm. this. Which is, if you really think about it, it's kind of an insane thing to do, to think that you can actually do it. And yet that's what entrepreneurship is, right? You don't care. You just do it. And, and in those early days, I think, like that core thing that's driving you is right there. It mm-hmm. needs to be or else there's no way you could do it. But then as you grow and things get more you know, bureaucratic and levels of management, that thing is still there somewhere. Mm -hmm. but it gets kind of smoothed out or flattened out. And then when it comes to create, to messaging and creating content, there's maybe something gets lost in translation. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Or it often can and often does so that you end up putting stuff out that somehow is not deeply rooted in that core thing that gave rise to all this in the first place and instead, you end up putting out stuff that kind of sounds like everybody else, right? right? And we know that because that's what we see. Mm-hmm. So there's some kind of gap, right? There's something lost in translation there. Why does that? Ha- let's let's start with. Well, first of all, do you? Am I talking total nonsense, or, or yeah. am I into something? If you, if it's the latter, and we can debate that, but then why does that happen? Yeah. Is the question.
1: So, in my opinion, it comes down to the culture has not emanated throughout the organization enough. Like that culture of the organization has not been clearly defined and leadership has not done a good enough job of passing that down through the onboarding process, Middle management, not understanding it and enforcing that through. So organization or corporate corporate culture, whether it's a team of seven or whether it's a team of a thousand is critically important because you want, as much as possible, every engagement with an organization to be consistent. Think about it, when you go to Chick-fil-A, right? What is the thing that's always said at Chick-fil-A? My pleasure. Anytime you ever do anything, it's Mm. my pleasure. It's kind of built into their DNA. And you expect a certain level of service whenever you go through a Chick-fil-A. Like I went through a Chick-fil-A, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, and it was like really slow. And my Mm. friend is actually the operator there. And I texted him after that and I was like, dude, what's up? Your team was really slow today. And of course it was probably 10 times as fast as the McDonald's down the street, but it was slower than what I expected it to be. So that's one of those things, the culture of Chick-fil-A is amazing service, right? The way they communicate and everybody just does it. So this very much translates down to marketing. Now, specifically with marketing and messaging, there has to be a brand standards guide, especially if the founder or the CEO or that top level leadership, especially if they're the founders, is not going to be directly involved or engaged in the marketing anymore. There's got to be a basis by which these communications that are being created, whether it be the videography team, the graphic design team the content writing team there's got to be a standard of truth or something that they're being judged against to say is this meeting the core foundation is this going mm. back to our roots the way that we want it to and being consistent without that kind of brand standard guide it's easy for things to go awry and so it's essential that every organization have the right culture in place really working to build that but then also had that brand standard guide to make it easier and actually possible for the marketing team to communicate effectively.
0: Yeah. Okay. And, you know, our listeners will not be shocked by what you're just saying, right? The concept of a brand standard guide, it's a pretty standard thing to have, right? For for good reason. Let me suggest this too, though. And this is something else that's, that's been in my mind, right? And going back to, you know, when a company begins, it's just this core group of people and any messaging that's going out, it's directly from them, right? Right from the kind of gritty source. But then as you grow and let's say you hire a marketing person, well, then that becomes their job. Mm -hmm. You're going to, you're, you're in charge of the blog post and the messaging and whatnot. So there's already kind of a level of remove. That the people who started it, who have that experience you're talking about, the life experience and everything. I mean, when you're creating content, it it has to be, it's, I think the assumption is usually that kind of life experience that can differentiate it. We're talking about the, the life experience of the person creating the content, Mm -hmm. right? But that's maybe where it can fall down a little bit, because if it's. You've hired someone to create it, basically. It's no longer you. Sure. They can kind of get the vibe of it, right? right? Or you can have that brand guide and whatever. But still, if once like the leadership or the people who have the core experiences that you really need to pull from, if they're not involved in the content at all anymore, then it almost seems like that's just a divide that you can never really bridge unless you find a way to involve them back in the content. So in my opinion, I think that there is a
1: difference of scale here, right? So if I'm going out there and putting out content for Adam Robinson on LinkedIn, or if I'm writing a blog post for one of my companies, which both of my companies are very small, so I'm very much engaged in that, it is going to have my life experiences and stuff like that built into that, right? So if the organization is a much larger organization, right? And there are teams of people. What's typically going to happen in that, in my experience, is that the person, let's say, writing the copy or whatever, rather than them doing it themselves, they're often going to go out there and interview subject matter experts within the organization. So maybe the head of HR, or maybe the head of product, or some of their forward-facing customer service reps or some of their business development professionals. So they may be working with other people within the organization to produce that content. So some of those stories can be intertwined, especially if it's what's happening that's relevant in the market at that time. Because I think sometimes individual content that's being created is going to be different than corporate content that's going to be created. But I will say, That even though in some cases when an organization and an entity does get big enough, the founder, the CEO, whatever may not be as deeply involved, if the culture is tight and if there is good communication, there's still going to be plenty of opportunities for leadership to share certain stories, to share experiences that can then be disseminated into the content from there. So I think your question is on point, but I do think it's also a matter of scale. Is this an individual creator? Is this a small business? Is it a larger institution? Now, the other thing that I do want to say that I think is really important, so many brand guides are created by marketing agencies with great fanfare or even internally created. Mm -hmm. Look at this beautiful brand guide. Here's our logo. Here's our color palette. Here's all the stuff. Here's how we use it. Oh, this is great. Marketing gets it, flips through it, throws it on the shelf, and it never gets looked at again. (laughs) That's where leadership, especially if you've got a CMO, you know, operations leader, whoever's overseeing the marketing department has got to make sure that that brand guide is being leveraged and utilized to make sure that that content is consistent as it's being produced.
0: Yes. And updated, I would say, insofar as a brand is not stagnant. I I, I mean, parts of it might be like, you're not going to change the logo all the time or like the color scheme, but, you know, maybe every once in a great while. But I just mean like the, you know, what you said about interviewing subject matter experts, Mm -hmm. right, which often also, you know, overlap with leadership. Yeah, 100 percent. Right. I think that's probably the best thing you can do to tap into that primal source of Mm -hmm. knowledge and energy and inspiration and all that. And I think it's something that you need to do not just once or every now and again, but on do like a regular basis, a hundred percent. And because that is an important part of the brand and something that's like an unlimited resource. And every time, if you know what you're doing, every time you interview someone is going to be a little different. Right. And yep. so you can get, yeah, I, I think that's really important. And I guess, you know, from it, it, it probably varies from organization to organization how capable a given company is at doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, like anyone can do it. Like, ask some questions. But it's, I mean, I spend a lot of time on this, you know, the, the art and science of interviewing people. And it does make sense to me, though, that that, that sh- feels like it ought to be a priority. And if you don't have people who know how to do that, you can train them to do it or find sure. people who can do it. Absolutely. And it's interesting,
1: you know, you're talking about the art and science of interviewing people. In my opinion, written content is always going to be valuable. But as we continue to move with technology and video capabilities like this, I think video is going to become increasingly more and more important because in this topic here, if somebody were to go through and transcribe this, They're going to get a sense of my personality and my words a little bit, but that pales in comparison by them being able to watch a clip that you put together or this conversation as a whole, because they get to see more of me, more of my personality. So the path forward, I really do believe is going to be more video centric and that organizations would be wise to look at that as part of what they're doing, especially with their ongoing Content perspectives. It's much easier than it ever has been to shoot a clip on your iPhone, Samsung, whatever device you've got. And even technology like the script, like what we're using right now, Riverside to record. There's just no reason not to. I think the bigger thing sometimes people get afraid to get in front of the camera. Yeah. But I think you solve for this sometimes because it's much easier to have a conversation and have somebody lead. And it's much more natural than just talking into a camera, which can be Quite boring and for whatever reason intimidating as well.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's true. I just happen to have a service that uh, that that can help you with that. You know, it's called the Interview Engine. Little plug for for a little, for Converso over here. Well, and this is one of these conversations that I feel like you and I like ever almost ever since we met, we've sort of been having this conversation, like one long ongoing conversation, because it's super interesting, right? And we intersperse it with sports and politics and all kinds of things, but (laughs) that's part of what makes marketing fun, right? It's kind of this wide open field and there's a lot of interesting problems and mysteries that we could, you know, talk about for a long, long time. So we're just going to artificially, you know, end this conversation because otherwise it could just go on forever, basically. That's right. So, so again, well, I want to say congratulations on, on launching Mark X. I know that's something you've been working on for a while. And so just take a little opportunity here to t- tell our listeners about, you know, Mark X, it's something new for you, how it's different from Strategex and just, and, and what, how people can connect with you and learn more about it. Awesome. Well,
1: thank you for that opportunity, Jeremy. So at the end of the day, Marketing consulting, business growth consulting—it's at my core. I love to do that. I help, love helping organizations grow through marketing and business development. It's a skill that I've acquired over the years and something that I seem to be naturally gifted at. Well, as I was engaging and having more consulting engagements, inevitably they ask, "Can you do the work? Can you do the work? Can you do the work?" So there was either outsourcing it to other agency partners, consultants, or contractors, or sometimes we would just do it in-house. And what happened, we had so much work. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't do all of this because what I really love is on the consulting and the strategy side of things. So I went and did a name search and I'm like, you know what? How cool would it be if we have Strategex, the strategy plus execution business. And then we have the marketing execution. So is Markex available? And sure enough, it was. So I could not have possibly bought that domain fast enough. So Markex is more of your traditional digital marketing agency. We build websites for people. We do digital advertising. We do content creation. And then we also do SEO work. And so Markex often stands on its own. People don't have to provide or get access to our consulting services or things like that. I'm actually building out teams of marketing professionals over there that can serve clients without me. So I'm really working and scaling up a business from that regard. So I can focus really more of what I love doing on the consulting side. So we'll see how this all works. Markex has really been operating for most of this year. It's just been kind of in silent mode. Only a couple of weeks ago, we officially let everybody know on social media that, hey, Markex is alive. And we've already had some good responses of people asking us to come through and help them from that perspective. So it's going to be a fun journey. You know, when I cashed out of my last marketing agency, I swore I would never get back into owning a marketing agency again. Well, here I am with number four. So we'll see what (laughs) happens with this one. So, but, you know, I want to talk about just real quick. You were talking before about how much you and I enjoy talking about marketing and business and a lot of other things. The thing about marketing, there's no way that a person can be a marketer and ever get bored. Like two and a half years ago, who would have ever thought The big AI revolution would have made the impact that it has made, both in terms of content creation, even creating images and things like that. So the market is always changing. Technology is always changing. Human nature, it's pretty much human nature. But part of it is just figuring out how to align these new tools and platforms and technology to connect a product or a brand with that audience out there based on human nature. So it's a lot of fun. Never, ever possible to get bored as a marketer, in my opinion. So
0: I that's a good point. It is not boring. Right. And and there's a lot to be said for that. By the way, here's an idea. Take it for what it's worth. I think that your title should be chief executioner (laughs) and that on the website you're wearing like one of those medieval like hoods and you have a giant ax. You know what I mean? How awesome would that be? You know,
1: I, I, I don't know, you know, that may, so we're recording this a day before Halloween. So maybe that would work for Halloween one day a year for the rest of the time. I don't know, man. I don't know that that's (laughs) quite in line with my personal brand.
0: (laughs) But it's, you know, you have X, Mark X, that's the common thread, the execution. You're the
1: executioner. Yep. Well, and you know, Jeremy, I mean, that's the most difficult things that happens out there in marketing and even in business, right? Ideas are cheap. I mean, the strategy does need to be good, but in my opinion, that's not the hard part. The hard part is either getting the organization that we're working with to execute, or even on our side, when we do the marketing execution services is doing that well, that's where the rubber always meets the road. So,
0: yeah. Right. Staying consistent, doing it at scale and not not sacrificing the quality that is not easy to do. It's not super complicated, but it's but it's hard.
1: That's correct. Agree. A hundred percent. Like a lot
0: of things in marketing. Right. It's relatively simple, but difficult to do to do well. Well, that
1: applies to most things in business and
0: even in life. Right. That's true. We do tend
1: to overcomplicate things very often, especially in marketing, especially in marketing.
0: Indeed, and that's a whole other discussion. So for it now, <laughs> for now, Adam, how can people connect with you? What's the best way? Yeah, so probably the easiest way is just to go connect with me
1: on LinkedIn. So you can just find me at Adam Robinson MBA on LinkedIn, and then you can see the projects I'm currently working on: strategies, Marquex, startup grind, other stuff that's there. So that's the easiest way.
0: All right, awesome. Well. Thank you, as always. This concludes episode number two with Adam Robinson. Episode number three will happen before too long. I know it.
1: And that will be rarefied air, right, Jeremy? Like If I'm invited back for a third time, I don't even want a jacket then. I'm thinking like car, jet, you know, something super special. Or like at least a key to
0: the city or city of your choice. I don't know. Something. Some kind of commemorative button. That's right. Anyway, all right, Adam, thanks so much. All right, thank you. That'll do it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. And as long as you're there, you might as well give us five stars and leave a comment about how much you love the show. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa. We are a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of really kick-ass content in just 60 minutes just 60 minutes how is that possible well check out our website to find out that's conversa with two n's c-o-n-n-versa.com so thanks so much for listening we really appreciate your support and we'll see you next time